Women Taking the Lead, episode 36. Having that time to sort of examine the shoulds, you know, where they came from and do they still hold true instead of just accepting them as our truth because truth is very changeable as we grow. We're not the same people that we were you know, yesterday, let alone 20 years ago. Hello, my name is Jody Flynn and welcome to Women Taking the Lead, where we are all about creating blasts of inspiration to help you overcome self-doubt so you can lead with confidence, integrity, and a sense of humor. This episode is sponsored by Luma Coaching. Want some support to get your dreams off the ground? Go to womentakingthelead.com forward slash coaching to sign up for a consultation with me. Now, your future awaits, so let's get started. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us today. I'm here with Nicole LeBond. Before her immersion in health and fitness, Nicole was a professional dancer, choreographer, and actor in Philadelphia and Miami. Nicole is a certified Pilates instructor through the prestigious Romanas Pilates program. She is the creatrix of Cabaret, a dance fitness class that blends toning bar work and cardio burlesque dance, a calorie-burning, muscle-sculpting, sexy workout. She is a contributing writer on health, fitness, and wellness for several online magazines and outlets. Nicole, that's only a little intro for everyone, so tell us more about you and your own humble beginnings. Thank you. I actually really like hearing you say that, just the description of cabaret. I was like, oh, that sounds really good. I want to do that. Oh, wait. It sounds like a lot of fun. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. It is fun. It is super fun. Yeah. So I created cabaret and have been really excited to just watch it grow and have been doing teacher trainings for the past year. And so now it's not just me teaching this class. It is spreading and growing around the country and actually around the world. We've had our first international trainer come in uh, in February. And so we actually now have classes in Canada as well as in, <clears throat> excuse me, as well as in the United States. So it's super, super exciting to just watch this grow uh, because I definitely never thought really thought that this was something that I would be that I would be doing. I grew up in a super small town in western Pennsylvania. We always say it's two hours from everything. It was two hours from Erie, <laughs> two hours from Pittsburgh, two hours from Cleveland, two hours from State College. So anything interesting was at least two hours away. <laughs> and I actually started dancing really late for a dancer. I didn't start until I was 12. And most people, if they're going to make a career of dancing, are dancing by the time they're, you know, able to walk, really. So, but because the town that I lived in was so small, a lot of the dance studios were very far away and would require a serious commitment of my parents to drive me there. And my family's definitely a blue collar, a blue collar family. My father is a steel worker and one of the only functioning steel plants still in the United States. And my mother, um, is a medical secretary. So I grew up with, you know, with working parents, but definitely making, just making the ends meet. And so anything extra that we wanted to do didn't always happen. And I finally did get to start taking dance when I turned 12. And then as soon as I turned 16, I started with an after-school job. And then I was expected to contribute to my own dance classes. Like my parents would pay the, the tuition, but I had to pay for the costumes. And if I wanted to do any competitions or things like that, I was paying for those as well. So it was definitely 
a commitment, not just from my family, but from myself, that if this was something I was going to pursue, then I was going to have to be responsible for it. So I grew up definitely knowing that that work was the way that you got money. (laughs) That was the only way that you got money was work. And that if you wanted something badly enough, you had to be willing to work for it. From there, I actually did go to college for dance. And I'm sure my parents would have rather I did something far more sensible. Um, But I am very excited that I'm actually using my degree every day. I still have my textbooks and I pulled them out the other day because I started teaching a new series of classes and I needed some more information. You know, So I'm actually using that degree, which is very exciting because I feel like not everybody gets to do that, whether they're in an art or not, that those college degrees don't always translate to our real lives. So I feel very blessed that I'm still doing what I love and I've been able to do that all the way through. Wow. Okay. couple of thoughts on this one. That was a really great start. And you and I have had, although I'm not a dancer, the whole family kind of um, mind frame around money and how it's given and earned, very similar. Mm. As soon as I had a job, I was expected to buy my own clothing because my parents paid for school uniforms. So I definitely get that. And you're right. Not everyone can claim that they're still using their college degree. In fact, I I know very few people who are actually doing the work that they studied for in college. So that's really great. And Nicole, you clearly have come a long way and, you know, you're, gosh, breaking out in your field and your career and you've gained confidence along the way. But take us back to a time when you were playing small and you may not have been aware of it at the time. Share with us the story and the lessons you learned. Oh, I think it was not that long ago. Cabaret is a bar and burlesque dance fitness class. So it's it's a little sexy. It's a little sassy. I mean, burlesque is the art of the tease. It is not vulgar or it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be obvious. It should be sensual without being raunchy, I guess. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Although there's a time and place for all of that. But you know, burlesque is classically the art of the tease. And I, I really love that. And I love expressing myself that way. Um, but it actually took me a really long time to do it on stage, to feel confident with my body and with myself to express myself that way, even though I love taking class. I loved creating dances like that. I would always call them like vintage jazz, you know, Fosse style and, you know, showgirl style jazz classes. And But I would not go on stage with it. And I knew that part of that was my family upbringing, that, you know, that's just not something that good girls, nice girls do. And that part of it was me just not really believing that I could or should do that. So finally, um, about, I guess, two years ago, I found a group of girls who wanted to, too, but like nobody wanted to do it by themselves. <laughs> so, so we did it together, and it was so much fun. And then for the past year, actually, I've been performing 
pretty regularly as a burlesque performer in South Florida. And actually, I'm going to be doing a little tour this summer with a couple burlesque festivals and performing at those. So I went from not being able to really talk myself into it because I didn't really believe I could or should do it to now being able to do it not just where I live, but all over. I love that story, Nicole, because what it, it expresses what I know to be true in that what we do in our lives largely depends on who we surround ourselves mm. with, you know, and yeah. you weren't willing on your own to get up on that stage and, and perform something that you joyfully did privately. Mm-hmm. But couldn't do it in front of other people. But as soon as you had around you a group of people who all expressed the same interest, then you could do it. I'm sure you were still nervous the first time you did it, but it made it doable. Yeah. Because you were in a group, and now I bet you can do it on your own. Yeah, and that's what I do. It's funny. Like It's a group of, you know, it started out with five of us, and we did that first performance together. And now it's down to three of us still performing together, but... I'm the only one that regularly has solo gigs. <laughs> ah, that's so awesome. So clearly this is something you love because you're also choreographing it and creating it and spreading it. So that's so great that you found that group of people who were of like mind and wanted yes. um, to do it. So, And I, I've had a similar experience with running where when I was in my 20s, I had said, I'm going to run a marathon someday and never did it because I didn't hang out with anybody who was running. Mm. So, you know, I would start running on my own and stop. I do it, you know, run on the streets, maybe run on the treadmill, but I'd never really get very far. It wasn't until I moved to Maine and I was around people who also wanted to run and run in some 5Ks and road races that I actually started training. And within a couple of years of starting to run, I ran my first marathon, but it was largely due to the people I was surrounding myself with. And, you know, so when I heard your story, I was like, it's so true. It's so true. (laughs) Like if you want to do something, you have to find other people who want to do it too, because that will motivate you. So that's really great. Yeah. It's like that thing that you are the, the five people you surround yourself with. So yes, yes, choose wisely. Choose really wisely because also there's a flip side to this. If somebody you're spending a lot of time with is doing stuff you have no interest in or they're going in a direction you don't want to go, you might want to minimize the amount of time you spend with them because the, they have influence over us. Yeah. You know, our, our mindset starts to change, especially when we're hearing them talking. Yeah. You know, and sharing their mind frame. Now, share with us a time in your journey when you had a wake up call. Take us back to that moment and share with us the steps that you took that led to your success. So, I went to college in Philadelphia and then um, got married and subsequently got divorced. And when I got divorced, I knew I needed a fresh start. So I was looking for other jobs and other places, and I found what looked like just my dream job in Miami. I was be the director of dance for a theater. I interviewed. They flew me down. It was amazing. It was Florida, and it was warm, and there was palm trees, and it was great. And so I accepted the job and moved to Florida with what would fit in my car. And that was it. The only people I knew were the people that I was working with. Uh, and about six, nine months into my contract, the theater director called me at home one night and said, we are out of money. 
we can't pay you anymore. Don't come to work ever again. Oh. <laughs> it was like, I moved here. My whole life is now here where I know no one and now have no job. And I was just devastated, really. Like, just totally beside myself. Like, what a mess. What a mess <laughs> that I am now in. Um, but I realized that because I had been teaching dance, I had been teaching Pilates, even though I hadn't been doing those when I moved to Florida because I had this job with a theater, I still had those skills. And they translated to anywhere. So I started hustling and hustling hard. You know, the next six months were really upsetting where I basically just lived off of my savings account, which is not really what I wanted, but it's what it was. Um, but by the time I hit year two in Florida, I actually had some jobs and was teaching. And during that time, I had the idea for cabaret. You know, I because I was looking for places to teach and I was teaching so many different places, I was taking a lot of classes. So I took bar classes and I took pole dance classes and I took you know, anything that fit in my schedule when I was there. And I realized that the bar classes that a lot of these places were offering had nothing to do with what I, as a dancer, knew the bar to be. Mm. They basically were just using the bar as this, you know, prop to supplement their workouts, but it had nothing to do with the bar work that I knew. And I thought, well, that's really silly. Ballerinas have been doing the same exercises for, you know, hundreds of years. They clearly work. Like, we're not just going to waste our time with it. You know, so why are all these people taking these bar classes that aren't even bar and thinking they're getting some ballerina workout when they're not? So I was noticing this. And in the pole dance classes, I was realizing that a lot of the pole dance teachers didn't have a group fitness background. And so they weren't really teaching things in a safe manner. And actually, my first pole class that I took, I dislocated my shoulder because the teacher was not teaching in, in a safe manner. And I'm a pretty body smart person. And I was I was in trouble. You know, so I noticed all of these things as I was going around and I realized that with the knowledge that I had from teaching Pilates and dance and with the passion that I had for creating something that was just really good because I I looked at the bar classes and went people want this but I feel like they could get something better. And I looked at the pole dance classes and went, those really aren't for me, but I love the idea of women being able to express themselves and to feel sexy without feeling judged or like they're, I want them to have a safe place to express that side of themselves, their sensual side. You know, so I took those findings and created cabaret from it. You know, and I would not have been able to do that, I don't think, really, without losing that job and without just having to hustle my butt off and experience a lot of different things. You know, all of those opportunities really created what cabaret is. I couldn't agree more because I find that when we're in a situation where we're very comfortable, there's not a lot of growth and learning mm. going on, like a little bit. Like we, of course, we always try to learn new things. But when you go through something like that, like you said, you were just devastated. You had to hustle to make money. Um, and like 
all of your creative juices start flowing yeah. when your your back is up against the wall. And who knows if you would have thought of something like that if that if your journey hadn't taken you there. Right. And what I want everyone to get is there's no one way to lead. We're all different. We're going to lead differently. So, Nicole, how would you describe your leadership style? I try really hard to be accessible, I guess down to earthy. Because when you're teaching a class like Cabaret, where women are you know, tapping into that feminine side, that sensual side, it can be very scary and a little uncomfortable to you know let loose, even in front of other women. And I find that because I'm still fairly young, I'm 32, um, I also look very young. I think it comes from spending all of my high school and college years, you know, inside on stage under fake lights and never going outside or something. (laughs) (laughs) My skin is just nice. I'm very lucky. (laughs) So I look even younger than I am. And I have a ballerina body. You know, it can be intimidating and I don't want to be that person. I don't want women to feel that way. So I try very much to be super friendly and accessible. And I'm blessed to be able to do that because I am, you know, I'm the teacher and I'm the creator and I don't have to worry too much about (laughs) fitting into anybody else's, you know, mold for me. I can do, I can do whatever I want. Um, But when it comes to dealing with business, I'm definitely a different person when it comes to writing the contracts and negotiating with studios. And a lot of that has come from, you know, learning things the hard way and getting screwed over by, (laughs) by other places. So I would say that there are kind of two sides to me. There's the teacher, Nicole, that's super friendly and accessible and down to earth and tries to be very relaxed and real. And then there's business, Nicole. And business Nicole is a little bit of a, she's a little bit of a bitch. She's definitely very protective of her business and of her, of her assets in a way that teacher Nicole is not. Everyone can agree. Your leadership style really needs to be adaptable mm-hmm. too. Cause I'm sure with some of your classes, when you have people who are a little more advanced than everyone else, you probably notice yourself interacting with them a little bit differently yeah. because they don't need the coddling. They need you to push them. Right. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> so awesome. And what is one thing that you're working on right now that you're really excited about? Oh my gosh. I have two things right now that are huge and I'm anxiously awaiting their completion. <laughs> I'm just I'm hoping they get done soon. Um, I'm actually launching Cabaret as an online teacher training. So I've been doing some in-person teacher trainings for a little over a year now. Um, But the online course is launching uh, in two weeks where people will be able to have access to videos and then the test and then be certified to teach cabaret which is super exciting. And I think it's going to grow the business and the brand and the classes and the reach of, you know, women being able to just really enjoy their bodies and express themselves in their bodies even more. So I'm so close to finished with it. And it's a very, very exciting. Um, we're actually about to launch the beta test phase. So for the next two weeks, we'll be in beta test and then we'll launch it. And that is 
I can't wait. And I am so, so excited to see, you know, where, where we get teachers from, you know, where this is going to spread because we've been in Florida and Pennsylvania and now Canada and I'm going to Ohio this summer and doing an in-person training in Cleveland, but there's, there's so much more potential with the online market to really share this with women. So that's, that is coming immediately. And also I wrote a book that is in the editing stage and will be launching very, very soon. You can pre-order it on the website. And it is specifically for burlesque dancers, but really could be for anyone because it's about starting starting a business and taking what you know to start a business because that's what I did with Cabaret. I took what I knew and I built on it and created a business. And there's lots of just little things when you're running a business that you don't know and nobody tells you or you subscribe to 8,000 newsletters and get super overwhelmed by everybody's different opinions on the things that you should do. So I wrote this little ebook on here's my experience, here's what I did. And I specifically am targeting burlesque dancers with it because it breaks my heart to see so many beautiful, talented, creative women that are barely making ends meet because it doesn't really pay very well. They have so many skills and gifts and I want to see them, you know, make money and thrive and not just scrape by. So the book is in the editing process and the course is about to launch. So there's a couple really big, exciting things coming in June. That's awesome. And this episode is going live in July. So for anyone listening, it's it's a go. Yes, it'll be done. <laughs> go check it out. <laughs> you can access it today. So that's awesome. really exciting. <laughs> All right, Nicole, now I'm going to do a quick leadership roundup. So tell us, what is one practice that makes you a better leader? I think actually listening. It sounds really stupid. No, it doesn't. <laughs> like, of course we listen. We listen all the time. But there's a difference between actually listening and listening with the intent to respond. And that has not been an easy lesson for me either because I like to talk. I mean, I am a show person. Like, I love being on stage. I love being the center of attention. I like to talk a lot. So I have had to really learn that. But it makes such a difference in how I interact with my students and how I interact with the people who are training to become teachers and how I even interact with the people who, you know, own the studios or are the promoters for the shows that I'm performing in, you know, listening for the sake of hearing the other person, not listening for the sake of responding to them. Yes, absolutely. I'm, you know, there's no such thing as the self-made person. Like all success requires other people to help us along the way. And listening really um, greases the wheels Mm -hmm. on that. You know, when you are a good listener, you can form relationships better. You know exactly how to position requests so that the other person is really hearing you because you understand their, you know, 
how the, how they receive information and what they're interested in. So I agree with you. It's I there was a time in my life where I thought listening was so being a good listener was so super boring because I was a, a good a pretty good listener when I was younger. But it was just like when people say would say, "What are you good at?" I'm like, "Oh, well, I'm a good listener." Blah, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so what, right? But now what I say to people is that's my superpower. Mm. Like it makes a huge difference when you can really listen to what the other person's saying and understand where they're coming from. So I, I agree with you, Nicole, that definitely makes anybody a better leader. And what is one book that you would recommend to a woman to help her develop her leadership? Mm. I would recommend any book that's written by an unapologetic woman. Whether it's <laughs> Tina Fey's Bossy Pants or Sophia Amorosa's um, Nasty Gal. Is that what it's called? No, hers is called – it's called Girl Boss. She is the founder of Nasty Gal, but it's called Girl Boss. Um, yeah. yeah. Caitlin Moran. She has a couple books out. Kelly Coutrone. Anything that is written by a woman about her own life, an unapologetic woman, just learning to find your own voice, stand up for what you believe in, and – be yourself and be heard, I think is so, so powerful and something that the world really needs are women who are unafraid to say what they mean. I'm going to go back and listen to this again to write down the list of all those books because I've read a couple that you listed and especially Tina Fey's Bossy Pants. I listened to that in an audiobook while I was driving in the car one time and I spit out my drink <laughs> yes. at one point because it was so funny. She just says it like it is. Like you said, unapologetically, but it's so funny because she she's saying it with good intent, right? but she's saying it like it is. And so it's just funny. So definitely worth taking the time to read some of these books. Yes. And Nicole, knowing what you know now, if given a chance to go back and do anything differently, what would you change? Oh, I would have just started playing bigger sooner, playing, you know, not holding myself back. You know, maybe it did work out because I found these awesome, you know, these awesome women that I now get to hang out with and dance with and create with. Um, but yeah, I wish it hadn't taken me so long to to do that, that I had been braver sooner. What would you have done to get yourself in that mind frame? Like, what, what do you what's different now as opposed to then? I think it's a lot, I do think it's a lot to do with having those women around me and being like, you're not weird. <laughs> and other people <laughs> like this too, you know, and a lot of it does come from, you know, sort of dealing with, with your truths. Um, El Luna wrote a book called The Crossroads of Should and Must. And one of the exercises in that book is you examine your shoulds. I should do this. I should do that. I should never do this. I should know better than to do whatever. To examine your shoulds and find out where they came from and then if they still hold true for you. And I realized that I had a lot of shoulds. You know, nice girls should not do burlesque. You should know better than to take your clothes off in front of people. You know, all of these sorts of things that came from very well-meaning parents who want to protect you and want you to grow up safe and healthy and all of those things. And they don't hold true for me anymore. You know, I am a woman in need of self-expression and I found a way to do that 
through burlesque. So having that time to sort of examine the shoulds, you know, where they came from and do they still hold true instead of just accepting them as our truth, because truth is very changeable as we grow. We're not the same people that we were, you know, yesterday, let alone 20 years ago. Right. It, I completely concur. I think it's so important, the work of examining our beliefs and challenging the status quo. Some of them are good and you're going to stay, but it's worth examining them because a lot of our beliefs, I totally was with you when you talked about like your parents teaching you about like when you're a little girl, don't take your clothes off and you know, well, that's probably a good idea as a little girl. I have to say that all the time actually to my little baby ballerinas. I'm like, put your skirt down. (laughs) (laughs) I'm doing the same thing because that's right. That's what you should do. (laughs) It's little kids. And I think what's missing is a conscious effort to also teach children to to challenge the status quo of beliefs. Well, maybe when they're like teenagers, college age, you know, let's reexamine some of those beliefs you had. Because I remember I did a presentation one time and I was talking about how we're taught as children not to talk to strangers. And it's a really good belief to instill in children and a rule to instill in children. It keeps them safe. Right. And but if living my life at this point, if I still felt like that was the rule, like I should not talk to strangers, I would not be in business Right, because <laughs> I st- I need to talk to strangers every day. <laughs> so, you know, those are two like extreme examples. They're easy to kind of point out. But there are some that are just below those. Right. Easy to point out. But we're just oblivious to them because it's like wallpaper until yeah. you really examine it you can almost forget it's there. Yeah. And it's running the show, these beliefs. So I love that. It's really important to examine the beliefs that are holding you back from living bigger and better. So I love that. Now, Nicole, share with us a success quote or a mantra and why it has meaning for you. Oh, my favorite one is actually from Dolly Parton. And she is another (laughs) unapologetic woman. Like Dolly Parton is kind of (laughs) kick-ass. She is. She really is. Um, But she said, find out who you are and do it on purpose. And I think it's so powerful for a couple of reasons. And one is like, find out who you are. Not find out what you do and then go do it. Find out who you are and then go do it. Like our being who we are requires a constant state of activity. And I think that that's a really interesting way to think about it. You know, she didn't say find out what you should do and then go do it on purpose, but find out who you are and do it on purpose. You know, that we are someone, but getting there is going to require activity. Maintaining it is going to require work. And you're going to have to very consciously pursue that person that you want to be. I love that. And lastly, what is the best way for our listeners to connect with you? I have a website. It is Cabaret Fit, and it's C-A-B-A-R-R-E-T-F-I-T. So it's Cabaret with two R's like the ballet bar. It's very clever. Cabaretfit.com. <laughs> but then I'm also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as Cabaret Fit. So that same website main part of the address is my handle on all the social media stuff. 
Awesome. And you can find all the links and resources shared in this episode at womentakingthelead.com, or you can use the short link, which is womentl.com, and you can go to the podcast tab and just put Nicole in the search bar, and her show notes page will pop right up. Nicole, thank you so much for taking the time to inspire and enlighten us. We are all better for having met you. Oh, thank you. This is fun. This is really good. I enjoyed it. Thank you for joining me on Women Taking the Lead. Were you inspired to take some action today, but maybe don't know where to start? Or maybe you have so many great ideas you can't decide where to focus your attention. Don't let stress or overwhelm stop you from having the career, the business, or the life you want to live. Head over to womentakingthelead.com forward slash coaching or use the short link womentl.com forward slash coaching to sign up for a consultation with me. And to strengthen you on your leadership journey, I'd like to send you off with a quote from Marianne Williamson, so here goes. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Again, thank you for joining me, and here's to your success.